Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Thanks for listening to Danny and Dusty On Demand, a Service Patriots podcast. Is your heater safe? Why replace it when Service Patriots can restore it? Get their $59 27-point furnished tune-up and safety check, including a free 1-inch filter. They'll also check your AC for free. Go to ServicePatriots.com. This is Danny and Dusty. It's not your problem, Doc. You don't have to mix up in this. That is a hell of a thing for you to say to me. With Danny Meringue and Dusty, the Fan Man Hera. Go ahead. Go ahead. Skin it. Skin that smoke wagon and see what happens. Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and 1080. I'm your huckleberry. The Fan. Hour number three here on Danny and Dusty. If you missed any part of today's show, you can get your podcast wherever you find your podcast. Service Patriots is your home comfort solution for all of your heating and air conditioning needs. Check out the latest special offers for our listeners at servicepatriots.com slash the fan, the official podcast writer of Tenny the Fan. If you fire up that NFL music right now, I'm going to kill you solely because you just told me that you just watched Tombstone, the music playing in our bed coming in back from that break. And how the hell have you not seen that before? Well, I know you're like, young. It is on of it. all of the time. That's the thing. I don't like watching movies on like TV because oh you don't get the same respect. Like if it's March of the Penguins, then sure I'll watch it on network TV because that's yeah, it's what not it's supposed to be for. Like, but most things you can watch. Tomb- no, I'm not watching Tombstone on like TNT or TBS. I'm watching Tombstone in its entirety on like Hulu or Max or whatever streaming service it's on. I found it over the break, and I watched it, and it was greatness. It was an awesome movie. Yes. It's fantastic. I should have watched it sooner. Yes. It's got Kurt Russell. Yes. And it has Clark College's own Sam Elliott. Val Kilmer. Yeah. What? I mean, he is great in that movie, but I uh, Val Kilmer's fine. I will come through that glass, so help me God. Is, I mean, you is will not violate the- Is that why you're, like, big on That's Val Iceman. That's Doc Holliday. Yeah, I know, but he, yes, and he's he was iconic. Good. He was good as as Doc Holliday. No, no, no I really not, not good. It. Fantastic, he, he great, was good. wonderful, amazing. He did a good job. He oh was a God. quality actor in that film. He was also quality in in Top Gun. But the problem is, I've seen those. I watch those movies after, like I watch those movies at twenty four and twenty six. And it's it's like watching Star Wars after the fact. What? You can watch Star Wars as greatness a kid. is greatness. Yeah, yeah. I didn't watch Star Wars when it first came out. You have to watch it as a kid, and then you're like, oh you love God. it. Like I like the prequels, but I like the prequels because I watched it when I was a kid. There's nothing about what you were saying that makes any sense. It was a good movie. I just told you I really like <sighs> Tombstone. I think Kurt Russell was better than Val Kilmer in that movie. Did you? Did, do you have any lines in your head? Well, everyone has the one, what? and he messed it up. What? It's supposed to be, I'm your huckle bearer, and he says, bearer. Get out. 
That's what he says Get on out. your Huckleberry. It's supposed to be Huckleberry. Get out. It's a great flick. I, how dare you? How dare I? What? I'm pro He didn't tombstone. mess anything up. I'm pro Tombstone. My he goodness. messed up the line. He's supposed to be, it's supposed to be, I'm your <gasps> Huckleberry. Because that's what they used to call people who would carry your casket when you died back then. He said, I'm your, I'm your Huckleberry. It doesn't make sense. No, it does. Like Will Ferrell says, it gets the people going. No, it does. It's it's wrong. <laughs> it's wrong. As someone who says many wrong things oh, all God. the time. All right, screw it. Fire the music up. Kill Still me. a great film. I liked it a lot. Let's get the three up, three down. My goodness. Three things we liked, three things we didn't. Coming out of the NFL weekend that was, Dusty is not here. He did not submit his, although he did submit his picks before the games this last weekend. So we will let him off the hook for that. All right, Will, start us off. What do you got for your first up? Uh, first up, it's pretty simple. It is uh, the New Orleans Saints. Mm. They needed this win to keep themselves alive. They go out and they win by 10 against the Buccaneers, 23-13. to 13. The Saints still might not make the playoffs, but what I think you're starting to see from New Orleans is maybe they're finding what they needed to find all along. They're finally winning games when they need to. It seems like Tampa, they'll have two good games and they'll have two bad games. They'll have two good games and they'll have two bad games. You just put yourself in a position to possibly make the playoffs. That's what you have to do. They get my first out. On the Vancouver Ford text line, you were completely wrong. Kilmer confirmed himself that it's Huckleberry. That he was supposed to say it. Mm. It's not what Screen Rant said. Mm. All right, my first up, Lamar Jackson locking up the MVP. I wanted this to not be a quarterback award, but then Lamar Jackson went and did what Lamar Jackson did. Absolutely shredding. Shredding the Miami Dolphins in a manner. Um, I shouldn't say that isn't possible because it's happened to Miami quite a few times this year. Right. But goes 18 of 21. The man had almost twice as many touchdowns as incompletions. 18 of 21, 321, five touchdowns, just bomb after bomb after bomb. Chunk yard plays, 75 yards, 35 yards, 34 yards, 33 yards, just shredding the Miami Dolphins. And like I said, locking up the MVP in what was a weird year across the board for MVP, but Lamar Jackson deservedly has gotten it done. You're going to find with a lot of my ups and a lot of my downs, they are all related towards the playoffs. My second up, I've got the Green Bay Packers 33-10 to over the Vikings. They have put themselves squarely in a position where if they win, they are in to the playoffs. I feel like that's a pretty good get for them. You came into the season with love. You didn't know what you were going to get out of him. He's turned himself into a relatively serviceable quarterback. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of comparisons to Favre and to Rodgers. Don't think that those are fair. You have two Hall of Fame quarterbacks that preceded him. You can't just immediately then go, well, Love has to be a Hall of Fame quarterback. But he's been a very good quarterback. And I feel like as the season has gone on, he has limited a lot of his mistakes. And you've seen a lot of growth right now. If they win their next game, they're in the playoffs. Green Bay Packers, second up. My second up is C.J. Stroud and the Houston Texans now 9-7. and seven. Stroud comes off fresh off getting his brain scrambled off the concussion. He is back out on the field, and he has a good game. 
Not a great game, a good game. Goes 24-32, 213 in the touchdown. Manages things incredibly well. Takes care of the ball against a Titans team that could only put together three points. The Texans defense shows up. You get a scoop score early in the game after a Houston uh, touchdown to give them a 17-0 lead, and that was pretty much all she wrote. The Texans now 9-7 and and going into the final week of the season against the Indianapolis Colts with a playoff spot on the line. It's absolutely fantastic. My last up, Cleveland Browns 37, Jets 20. That puts the Browns in the playoffs. But more importantly, it puts the Browns in the playoffs with a likable quarterback. The best thing that could have ever happened (laughs) to Cleveland is Deshaun Watson getting hurt, finding old-ass Joe Flacco, and then having him turn back into, what, 2012 Joe Flacco, where all of a sudden people are questioning, is he an elite quarterback? Is this the final swan song? I love it, and I actually feel like I can root for Cleveland. Like, that's the joys of rooting for Detroit, and before they signed Deshaun Watson, was rooting for Cleveland. They've been the lovable losers forever. When you signed Deshaun Watson, now I want you to lose because he's such a piece of garbage. He's not there anymore. You've got Joe Flacco. He looks fantastic. He's absolutely dicing teams up. Love this for Cleveland. I hope they go on a big run. My final up... The Pittsburgh Steelers just don't know how to die. They pull off another win, this time defeating the Seattle Seahawks 30-23, to effectively sending the Seahawks. Are they mathematically eliminated? No, they need Green they Bay They need a lose. ton of help, right? Yeah. No, just Green Bay. Oh, no, Bay. just Green Bay. Okay. They, they win and Green Bay loses. Okay, win and a loss. But the Steelers also need a little bit of help. But they also have a big opportunity in front of them. With the Baltimore Ravens going in the last week, they are very likely going to be resting a significant amount of their personnel as they have locked up the number one seed. They need a win, and they need a Colts loss in order to make this happen because the Colts hold a head-to-head tiebreaker over the Steelers in head-to-head play. It's going to get a little dicey down the stretch, but with a win, the Steelers would finish 10-7, and and with a win, they have guaranteed themselves yet another winning season, their 17th straight. They refuse to lose. My first down, I'm going to stay in that same game, the Seattle Seahawks. You are at home in a place, Lumen Field, that is supposed to be one of the most difficult places to go in and beat Seattle in. You look absolutely anemic again offensively. Whenever you needed big plays, they didn't seem to come unless it was DK Metcalf going up and making a big play. Or a couple times you were able to find JSN, get him into the end zone. Once Kenneth Walker went down, once you lost Abraham Lucas at right tackle, the running game just absolutely disappeared. And you were in control of your own destiny. You were in a spot where you just had to win and you were in. And now you need help. You need teams to lose. I believe it's just Green Bay. And you have to win your game against Arizona. But, oh, by the way, we'll talk about them in a little bit, either you or me, with uh, one of our downs, I'm sure. So my first down, Seattle losing at home. My first down is what the hell, Cardinals? What the hell, Cardinals? What are you doing? What are you doing? Why are you trying to win games? What are you doing? You're winning games and taking yourself out of position to improve your team. Why are you trying to win games right now? What are you doing? By winning that game, they are now tied with the New England Patriots and the Washington Commanders at 4-12. You were in the driver's seat of the number two overall pick. 
What the hell are you doing trying to win this game? I have there's there's nothing to be gleaned from. There's no uh oh there we're building we're building a winning a winning mantra in this organization. No, no, you're not. Shut it down. Lose the game. Get the best draft capital you can going forward. You complete dumpster fire of a franchise. At every turn, you continue to make the dumbest possible decisions. We're staying in the same game. My down, the Philadelphia Eagles. You were 10-1, and one, and you look absolutely horrific. It, you had to switch defensive coordinators already. Your defense is struggling. How do you not shut down an Arizona Cardinals team that doesn't really want to win? How do you not complete the ball offensively? How do you not drive down and score multiple touchdowns? This is not the same Philadelphia team at the beginning of the year. Shoot, this isn't the same Philadelphia team last year that went on a run. They're already talking about Nick Sirianni possibly being on the hot seat. They're talking about firing in Philadelphia. Firing your Super Bowl winning coach at 11-5. Super Bowl appearing. Thank you. Super Bowl appearing coach. He was there. He's he there. cried. People remember. They, they're like one in four. You're the superior bird. They're like one in four since the uh, the Chiefs game where he's I don't, yelling at all the fans. They are fundamentally broken from the inside. Eagles, you should be ashamed of yourself. You lost to a team that should be trying to lose. You gave up 35 points. Jalen Hurts played well. 18 to 23, buck 67, three touchdowns. Sloppy on the interception. Ugh. A.J. Brown, did you see his interview? Uh, you mean the lack, the lack thereof. thereof, and then said, "Don't worry, media guys. This isn't directed at you. I.e., it's directed at my dumb coaching staff that has been unable to get me the ball for the last three weeks after being the best wide receiver in football through the first eight weeks of the season." I, I just, how you meant again? This is my second down as well. Is the Eagles, WTF? What? How? How do you lose this team? This is a team that's intentionally trying to lose. They, they can't get out of their own way. Losing this Cardinals team, maybe it should put you on the hot seat. Because I just don't understand how you can come out of this game. It's the NFL, blah, 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 parody. Everybody gets paid. I don't care. It's the bleeping Cardinals, and you are a Super Bowl supposedly contending team. Get right. My last down. This is the only one that doesn't have to do with the playoffs for my ups or downs. Chicago Bears. An announcement came out that they are planning on keeping Matt Eberflus, also known as Matt Dweeberflus. They're also talking about keeping Justin Fields instead of using the first trading down. I just retweeted somebody out in Chicago who had a play of Justin Fields this week and scrambling and getting out and saying, Caleb Williams doesn't get out of this play. My guy, that's what he does. What are you doing? (laughs) You are talking yourselves out of taking a shot. This is Stockholm Syndrome. You're taking it's 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 it's, it's we can't have a we can't have a good quarterback. So let's stick with a crappy quarterback we know. It's unbelievable. I, yes, he shows flashes of being uh, decent. He also shows flashes of being absolutely horrific. Why would flashes. you? Why would you not fire Eberflus? Go get an offensive-minded head coach, and then go grab your quarterback maybe, in the future. Maybe the best prospect since Andrew Luck. Best quarterback prospect since, since, Lu- Luck? since Lawrence for sure. I think I think Lawrence is the better pro, is the better better prospect, but like you're, Caleb is special. Clearly. You can you can say what you want to your USC guy, blah, blah blah. I don't care. Go go talk to literally any any person in the NFL world. Caleb's special. Absolutely, he does stuff that guys just can't do. You don't have the natural improvisational talent, the arm talent, the ability to put the ball where he needs to go, to keep your eyes downfield, to process reads, all of the things. 
It's I, the Bears continue to astound and not astound at the same. You're going to have the number one overall pick in two years in a row, and there's a chance you might not take a quarterback with either. And you're going to blow it both times. Well, they made the right move last year for sure. Unless, unless you're going to take CJ Stroud, yeah. Which <laughs> I, they would have got Bryce Young. Let's 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 all let's not kid ourselves. Uh, my third down is the Miami Dolphins. They can't beat anybody. They can't beat anybody good. Um, and this will be a shot at Joe Fish because they did beat the Cowboys. And like I said, they can't. The Dolphins can't beat anybody good because they continue to lose to anybody who's good. And the Ravens beat the brakes off them, fifty-six nineteen. Tua struggles. Chan can't get going. I mean, if you look at the Dolphins and who they have beaten and who they have not this year, it just look at their losses. 48-20, boat raced by the Bills. 31-17, the game that wasn't that close to the Eagles. 21-14, the Chiefs in an ugly game. They, their other loss, 28-27 to the Titans against a bad team. They beat the Cowboys by two in ugh, an ugly game. And then you get boat raced again by the Ravens, and now you've got to take the Bills on next week. This Dolphins team, man, I just, I, I they don't make any sense. As many weapons as they have, they are fundamentally unable to get out of their own way, and I think a big portion of it is because they can't play big boy football. They're too pretty. They're, they're, they, they're too cute. Too pretty. And I, I, I love McDaniels as a coach. I love the way they scheme, but they can't win in the trenches. They can't, they, they, on either side of the ball. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. They cannot dictate. And until they can, they're going to keep getting the crap kicked out of them by the teams that can. All right, that's three up, three down, three things we like, three things we didn't. Coming out of the college football weekend, that was. Coming up next, we'll take a look at where the Blazers stand. They're on a seven-game road trip, and they are in for it. Coming up next on Danny and Dusty, today, the fan. Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and 1080, The Fan. All right, quick hot, quick hot route, hot route here. Uh, I wasn't going to talk Blazers. We'll talk about that area on the uh, half-hour break coming up. But first, I want to talk about Georgia-Florida State. Shut up, Florida State. Go away. Go away. Stay down there. Be quiet. You're done. 63-3. to That wasn't the, the yardage difference on the ground. That's the score. That's the score difference. Georgia put up 63. Florida State put up three. There is no level of Jordan Travis that saves that. But, Danny, there were 22 other opt-outs or guys who weren't playing for other reasons. I don't care. But Danny, Jordan Travis being healthy does not stop that. Obviously. 
Obvi- look, it's here's the thing. Florida State fans are going to complain because people are going to give in and listen. I mean, Danny Cannell might be the most annoying Twitter follow right now oh, on God, the planet. Yes. Because instantly, well, the two undefeated teams that won their conference, they they're the ones who are still alive. Must be a pretty big important thing. Must be this, must be that. Florida State got exactly what they wanted. Because even if Jordan Travis stays healthy and they go into the playoff and no one opts out, I don't think that they're better than UW. I don't think that they're better than Michigan. There could be an argument on if they would have been better than Alabama or if they would have been better than Texas. I don't think that they were better than Georgia if everyone played in that game. But this is exactly what they want. Because for the rest of their lives, Florida State fans are going to be able to say that it was stolen from us. We would have went, and we would have won it all if our quarterback doesn't get hurt. And if even if our quarterback does get hurt, if you put us in there, all those other guys don't opt out. Look at Cordell Jones. He was able to win the whole thing with Ohio State. He was a third-string quarterback. This is what Florida State wants. They want to be able to say that it was stolen from us, that we are the victims in this situation, because they know the truth. If they would have actually played these games, they don't win. It sucks that you got left out, but you aren't one of the top four teams. No, and the George Bulldogs ran the ball 47 times for 372 yards. I mean, Georgia would have beat them probably by 14 to 21 with everyone in that game. I said 28. (laughs) Well, to be fair, they are missing a lot of key defensive players. That's fine. It would not have been as agreed. It would have been an an absolute schlacking. It would have been an absolute schlacking. I think even with Jordan Travis, they would not have been a top four team this year. Now, that being said, if Jordan Travis stayed healthy, then yes, I would say that they deserve to be in the They would have gone into play Michigan in the end and been a sacrificial lamb. They would have gotten dumpstered. Right. Like two things can I'm be I'm talking true. about everybody there, Jordan Travis there. It's just exactly. they would have gotten dumpstered. Exactly. Two things can be true. Did they do everything that they needed to do to get in? Yes. Yes. Were they did, one of the did best college teams? football playoff make the right decision by excluding them? Yes. It Couldn't is what agree it is. More. So uh, all right, coming up next, we will dive into the Portland Trailblazers. They are embarking on a uh, six-game, or seven-game, 15-day road trip. 15-day road trip. 15. And they only play one game against the Brooklyn Nets against a team under 500. What have we learned over the, over the last couple of weeks about the Portland Trailblazers, and what will we learn on this road trip? But first, here's Big Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and 1080, The Fan. Well, the Trailblazers have been up and down throughout the season, and, well, mostly down. That was to be expected. If you didn't expect that, uh, listen to Jack Ramsey's, which, uh, if you if you want, uh, Sprague and I will be doing a live show tonight. So uh, we'll take your questions there as well. Um, but what you are starting to see is one Scoot Sterling Henderson start to put it together ever so slightly. After starting out poorly, and poorly is putting it mildly, Scoot is starting to figure some stuff out. And just talking to him, he is, you can see it in his eyes. You can see it in how, just talking to him both on and off record, he's getting more comfortable. And I'll just say this, the the first month of the season, first six weeks of the season, you could tell it was weighing on him. I don't care what he says. You could you could see it on his face. You could see it in his body language. You could see that it was. He's trying to put the strong face forward. 
one of the things that I hope that happens with Scoot is not only the physical development and like getting better at the game, but understanding that it's okay that stuff doesn't go right because it doesn't go right for everyone the rookie year. Um, LeBron James shot under 42% from the field as a rookie, had over three turnovers a game. Now, granted, LeBron James was also still really good. Really good. He finishes, LeBron James finishes his uh, rookie season averaging 21, 6, and 6, if I remember right. Yeah, 21, 6, and 6. Okay. Luka Doncic, 21, 6, and 8. Scoot Henderson right now on the season is averaging 12, 5, and 3. But what's been important is what you saw in the month of December, which has now come to a close. In the month of December, taking a look at where Scoot stands. 15 points, 5 assists, 3 rebounds. Shooting 39% from the field, 35% from 3, 86% from the line. The 39% from the field hurts because the two-point percentage stuff has still been problematic. He's still trying to figure out how to finish around the rim. He is not, uh, if you you look at the the two-point percentage for guys like LeBron and Luka, who are 6'8 and 6'9", respectively. They, LeBron finished 44%. Luka finished 50%. <laughs> Good God. That's disgusting. Uh, Scoot is currently at 41.2. But if you take a look at where guys have been, and this, this, is the, this is the list of teenage guards in the history of NBA. Scoot right now and his two point percentage is let's see where'd he go he's he's toward the bottom unfortunately uh, that's to be expected scrolling 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 scrolling, scrolling. hold on it resorted it again Scoot is forty seventh of sixty six so bottom third quite literally bottom third twenty two twenty two twenty two okay he is bottom third but what you are starting to see is that uptick in percentage overall. He's learning how, particularly the big thing has been uh, large white men, the Jokic's, the uh, Zubach's, uh, the Nurkic's of the world, guys whose last name end in C, uh, also Walker Kessler, have gobbled him up at the rim. He just hasn't known what to do with these enormous human beings. Uh, you saw it the other night uh, against Phoenix where he was like, I don't know, this guy's kind of big. You saw it against Wimbanyama for sure. Uh, the obscene length bothering the 6'2", 6'3", guard. But you see him understanding things better, how to set things up, how to get to where he needs to get to, to get to a shot that makes more sense for him. He's more under control and in balance on his off-the-dribble threes. His catch-and-shoot threes are starting to look very solid. And while that is not going to translate to wins and losses, because I will say it again, rookie point guards suck. I've been beating that drum endlessly. Not as a way to be right, but the data backs it up. I will again say, Kyrie Irving, LaMelo Ball, Stephon Marbury. They are the only three teenage rookie guards to ever average more than 15-5. and That's it. That's the list. And that excludes LeBron and Luka because they're not guards. They're six-foot-eight freaks. They're different. They're in a different stratosphere. But everybody else, that's what you get. There is just a lot of struggle. So the D'Angelo Russells, the Zach Levines, uh, the Bradley Beals, 
as, as a point of reference, Bradley Beal, 14, 3, and 4. And he shot 42% from the field in his rookie year. And Scoot's at what, 12 right now? 12 and 5? 12 and 4? 13. 13? Mm-hmm. 13 and 4? 13 and 5. I feel pretty good about that. And then. that's the thing. is the, the thing that it's, again, this is not to toot my own horn. The number that I said this year was that Scoot would average, uh, if, if things went the way I expected, he would average 13 and 5. I, this is this is what I expected. Was thirteen and five, and and if things changed, it would be the playmaking that he would average thirteen and seven. Now, what you've seen here over the last couple of games with Sharp out with Ant out is that his scoring is up a little bit more. Seventeen here, twenty one there. Uh, over the weekend, he did have his, the second game against the Spurs on Friday night. He had his best game of his career. Just absolutely phenomenal. He had a pass to Matisse Thybul that you finally saw that flash of oh. There's the creativity. And I asked him after the game if he has felt like he is, he's getting more comfortable to the point where he feels like he can show his creation. Because that's the thing. That's what everybody asked me. What's different about him? Like, what, what makes him the number three pick? Why was everybody talking about, you know, he's a generational guy. He'd go number one in other drafts. That. It's the creation. There's only, there's probably only 10, 12 guys in the league who have, elite creation tools. And I don't mean off the bounce. I mean the ability to set other people up, to pass with either hand on the move. To ha- like As much as anybody has a Kyrie Irving dribbling package, there's a passing package. We don't talk about it the same because we don't, we don't see it, we don't understand it. It's not as easily readable, readable in, in real time. Hezzy, hezzy, tween, tween, we can see that. When you see a nice pass, when you see Jokic throw an incredible pass, you just go, oh, it's an incredible pass. What you don't understand is the skill involved with that, the size of the hands, the ability to control the ball, to bring a live dribble up and throw a one-handed pass, hook pass across court, not only to make the pass, but to get it there on time and have it be in the right spot. I was talking to a general manager over the weekend about tracking in the NBA, and this kind of correlates with, with the NFL. In the NFL... You, there's there's tracking data in college football too. There's tracking data available that tells you where a quarterback puts the ball. There's a a, a cross section. You know, you, it looks like a, a target, a straight, a vertical line with a horizontal line going through the middle of it. Okay, and with that, they say, okay, how often is a quarterback putting the ball on the numbers? And the same thing for wide receivers. How how good is a wide receiver catching outside the numbers? Right, right. That tracking data does not exist in the NBA. How good a passer is. A guy who can put a ball on the run exactly where it needs to be. And there's a line from Steve Nash that a scout told me once that I thought was, this is 10 years ago, and it will always stick with me. Whenever Steve Nash got a new player, he would ask them where they liked the ball. And they'd say, you know, I like it off hand of the right, off hand of the left, middle of my chest, down low, up high, whatever it was. Right. And Nash would would work with them and, and give them opportunity, and he'd watch them. And then he would go, how about this? And he'd fire the ball where he thought, it needed to be. And he was such a good passer, and he could read guys so well that he got to the point where he could tell people where they actually wanted the ball. Because you don't actually, some guys just don't actually, they think they know. Right. Steve Nash could be like, no, I can see where you actually need the ball. And it's just, that's the thing with Scoot, is that if you have a hope for him, is that you think, you believe that he has the, he is a passing savant. That he has a depth of creation as a passer that is so great that that will elevate him beyond what you think he can be. And I think that's what 
really this season is about with him is to see if he can unlock that and if he can, how often, how frequently, and if that can be a regular part of his game. Because right. LaMelo Ball is a guy who I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of, but I will tell you right now he's one of the four best passers in the league. Unquestionably. One of the four best passers in the league. Right hand, left hand, on the move, fading away, in traffic, does not matter. He can throw it inch perfect, on time, every time. Right. LeBron James. Right there. Tyrese Halliburton, right now, is number two. Jokic, number one. Those are the guys that they are. And if Scoot has that ability, if he can do that, if he is a truly elite passer, that's the thing I think you can take from this road trip because they are going to get the crap kicked out of them. They are still short. Anthony Simons is still sick. Uh, If he's going to join the team, I would expect it would probably be in New York, maybe in Dallas. But if I'm leaning towards anything, it would probably be in New York. Shaden Sharp looked incredibly poor last night. He's still working his way back from injury, and he just looked like he was on a slog. Um, I saw DeAndre Ayton. He stayed back from the trip. He's not on the trip as well. I saw him working at his knee, right knee with tendonitis. It, it was swollen as hell. Someone who has knee tendonitis, I get it. Yeah, I looked down and I went, oh, no, he's not playing for a bit. It sucks. He's not playing for a bit. they got to work that out. Uh, seven-footer, uh, making sure that they don't have any actual knee issues to deal with. So right. he'll get that right. So they're going to be shorthanded. But what you have seen is you've seen Scoot get more chances to develop. You've seen uh, Duop Reith, with the exception of having a back, his back get tweaked uh, before the San Antonio game. Hopefully he's able to get right here soon. But you've seen Ibu Baji get out there and start to show you a few things. You've seen um, Tumani Kamara trying to find his way opportunities. And that's what the season is about, is finding those opportunities. And last night they got the crap kicked out of him. And you're not – you're not going to get the opportunities in the sense of winning games. What you are going to get is the opportunities in the sense of development. And so last night was an example of probably what's going to come on this road trip. They're probably going to go one and one and six, two and five at best. There's a, there's an outside chance they go zero oh and seven. Just it's a tough trip. You got uh, Phoenix, Dallas home and home series in Dallas. You go to New York for four days where you play the the Nets and the Knicks. Then you go to Oklahoma City, who may be the best team in the regular season in the NBA right now. Right. And then on back-to-back, you go from OKC to Minnesota to wrap things up. That's the number one and number two teams in the Western Conference right now. You know what, though? If you're a Blazer fan and you are looking at this season about wins, that's dumb, right? You should be <laughs> yes. looking at this season all about growth. So for me... Very much so. Very dumb. I, I'm a, I was a big pro-scoot guy. I really felt like you had to pick a lane, and when you get an opportunity like that, go go with the young guy. You know, you did everything you could for Dame. Go give him – you put him in a spot where he has a chance to actually win a title because it wasn't going to come here in Portland. So this year should be about the growth of a guy like Scoot. And I like what I'm seeing so far. And I get it. He struggled early, and he's going to struggle at different points in the season, much like young quarterbacks in college, Quinn Ewers and Jaden Milrow, right? You have these flashes of greatness, and then you're going to have flashes of, oh, my God, that guy is horrific right now. What's going on? So for me, Scoot, I want him to play as much as possible, and I want him to play in a different, in a bunch of different spots as much as possible. Have him start sometimes. Have him come off the bench sometimes. Have him play with a bunch of different guys. Let him learn how to be a pro. Let him go through the ups and downs. And I feel like with the mentality that he has, he's going to figure out how to have more ups than downs. It's going to be interesting. Um, hold in, buckle up, do all the things. Uh, when we come back, 
Two polls we posted earlier today. Are you pro New Year's resolutions? And who wins the national championship? With a little parentheses, be honest, Duck fans. I know it hurts. We'll get to those as we wrap up today's show here on Danny and Dusty, Today the Fan. This is Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and Portland's sports leader, 1080, the fan. All right, to open today's show, we asked two things on the Danny and Dusty Twitter account. Are you pro New Year's resolution? Yes or hell no? 64% of you said hell no. 36% of you said yes. I'm interested. Vancouver Ford text line. What, 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 what are your resolutions for those of you who did? Is there, is there anything outside the, the normal? None. I don't have resolutions. Okay. I think resolutions are it's like uh, publicly grieving or like, um, you know, like, oh, look at what I'm doing. Uh, I, I'm just anti. I'm anti it. That's fair. That's I, fair. It makes me a piece of garbage. I understand that. But uh, it's a resolution. Just do it. And then people will notice on the back end. Like, I didn't tweet out, like, I'm not going to be 315 pounds anymore. I just lost the weight. There and you then go. people will come up and be like, hey, man, you look good. And I think that means more than, you know, someone going on Twitter and being like, my New Year's resolution is to read more books. Mm. Like, I, I do cool. need to do that. I got a lot of books for Christmas. I have books that I need to read, too, but I'm not going to tweet about it. You were elected to lead, not to read. Uh, please tell me you got that. It rhymed. What's it from? The Tombstone? Simpsons. The Simpsons. The Simpsons? I've watched The Simpsons. I love The Simpsons. Really? Not yeah, I don't know how many episodes of the show oh, I've watched, but I've watched a lot of clips. That's a tough one. And the movie's funny. That's a tough one. Sorry, man. I don't like it. All right. Poll number two. Who wins the national championship? And be honest, Duck fans, I know it hurts. Washington winning the poll at 60%, Michigan at just under 40%. It's a little bit of a surprise. I figured the salty, petty Duck fan would drive that thing down. I think that it has more to do with UW's offensive firepower and what we saw out of Michigan offensively. Um, When you watch those two games, what game was more exciting? What game seemed like it had better players? It's the UW game. Because when you watch the UW game, you go, oh, man, look at the throw that Penix just made. Oh, look at the catch Odunze just had. He flashed his hands late and was able to get a foot in. You know, when you think of the Alabama-Michigan game, you're like, wow, that was a slugfest. Oh, there was this mistake here, that mistake there. But Michigan was able to run it in for a touchdown at the end and be able to win. So I think that some of that has to do with, well, one, we're in the Pacific Northwest, so there's more Husky fans here than Michigan fans. But I also think that... To an average fan, when you watch what UW was able to do, not just to Texas's defense, but what they were able to do to Oregon's defense twice, what they were able to do to Utah, you know, it seems like when they have everything clicking and everyone healthy, I don't know who beats them. I will say this. Number one, Oregon fan is very petty. And I, and I understand it. I, I, am, I, am not, I am not against your pettiness. Uh, but they have rolled against Washington. There was a uh, one of those like map of the U.S. who who each state was rooting for uh, in the college football playoff, and Oregon was voting for was pulling for Texas. The state of Oregon as a poll was pulling it for Texas. It's hilarious. It, look, it's a rival. Uh, Ohio State was pulling for Alabama. Uh, Georgia was pulling for Michigan. Right. Like it was every one of the big rivalries was crossed. 
Because you know you're going to have to hear about it. Yeah. Like, well, if UW wins, well, Oregon fan doesn't get to go, well, you had a shared national title. Yeah. It doesn't count. No, exactly. Right. So you, you don't want Big Brother to get one over you, especially going into the Big Ten. There's some real bragging rights. If Washington goes in to the Big Ten with a national title and beats Michigan, all of a sudden those other schools that are already in the Big Ten are looking at Oregon, Washington, USC, and UCLA and going, <laughs> oh, no. Well, they should have been doing that from beforehand. Why? Because they have competent quarterback play. Yeah, yeah that's still going to be the funny thing for me. Because you're finally going to get it. I, all four schools. All four schools are going to come up with new quarterbacks, and they're going to have four of the six best quarterbacks in the conference. Yeah, probably. I mean, right out of the gate. Who's sticking around? Like, does Mc- Ohio State might have somebody. No, they might. Does McCarthy somebody. stay another year? No, I don't think so. He's if he if he legitimately gets a, a, two, a first two day grade, well, he might be. If he gets a first two day grade, yeah, just go. He's older than a lot of people think too. But you've got Aller at Penn State, who some people like. Yeah, here's my issues with Aller. It's the same issues that we just complained about with Ewers and with Milrow. Mm-hmm. It's he has he's he has moments of. Wow, there's some greatness there. And then he has a lot of moments where it's like, wow, he's really young. How do you make that mistake? How do you miss that open receiver? How do you leave that ball high there and get it picked off? And then the other thing is, like we talked about it with the Big Ten, and we'll talk about it ad nauseum with the Big Ten, but you have two good teams. Three. You have three. You have Penn State, you have Michigan, and you have Ohio State. So Aller had to go up against two good teams. Both of the times he had to go up against the good teams with good defenses, he looked horrific. He was not good. He had a lot of mistakes. Now, can he get better? Of course. People get better as they age. At least that's what I keep telling myself. So he has opportunities to improve on what he was, and he has a whole offseason to do it. But James Franklin has never proven that he can create that elite quarterback. And the mistakes that Aller made at times... I don't know if you get enough opportunities to fix those. The only good defense yeah. he looked okay against was Iowa, and that was more because they ran the ball. On the Vancouver Vortex line, Washington almost cooked it last night. That would have been a fitting way to go out, though. Would have been a fitting way for the Pac-12 to go out. Instead, the Pac-12 lives to fight on another day. George Klyovkov on the sidelines for the game last night. I imagine he'll be there for the national championship to somehow claim sort of some sort of relevancy as the Pac-12 fizzles away. Uh, thanks for joining us today, everybody. We appreciate you. We love you. Souk, back in. Coming up here on primetime. Is Isaac Isaac's back, right? I believe Isaac I, is I, back. Real I, quick, though. Yes. The great Deb Ortner mm. is on your side with Tombstone. Hey, see? She knows, I, she knows greatness. I'm Look, I'm impartial. It Kurt is, Russell is the is best he, character in my favorite movie. It, it is Val Kilmer. I said impartial. I meant biased. I'm biased. Love Kurt Russell. Mm. He's the favorite char- my favorite character in my favorite movie of mm. all time. He's her Brooks and Miracle. Mm. I will always lean towards Kurt. That's fair. But Deb Ortner's on your side, Danny. Yeah, it's because she's a smart woman. Smart woman right she's there. Great woman. That Deb Ortner. Uh, thank you all for being here. We appreciate you. We love you. Come in next. It's prime time with Isaac and Soup. The boys are back in town. We will catch you tomorrow. Dusty and Rusty all back in. The first time we've all been together. Oh, so- I'm back tomorrow. Oh, you're back tomorrow. I thought Rusty, Rusty is uh, taking an extra day. Oh, he's taking an extra day. He was only taking one day. So it'll be Dusty and I, but we'll order behind the glass. Take care, everybody. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. 
Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.